want to say it's been my honor to stand up here, do the announcements, and turn the service over to Pastor Don a lot of times over the years. And today I get to do it for one last time. So as he comes this morning, would you welcome for his final message as Senior Pastor of Bible Center Church, Pastor Don. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Everything the book of Ecclesiastes says has a beginning and ending, or ending and beginning. And those are not negatives. They all carry with it a positive element. And while those beginnings and endings are not just simply days, it can be seasons. It can be seasons. And I'd like to start out this morning, as you know, this will be my last time for exhortation. Next week will be, you know, formal installation. We'll have things to do, but it will be about the future. So I'd like to start by saying this has not been, nor is, or ever will be a one-man show. While there is always one man or woman that is chosen as the leader It is you who I want to honor today, even as you have and are honoring my wife and I. A thank you to the congregation as a whole for the privilege, the honor, of pastorally serving you. I can honestly say that in this during that time, you have not given me migraines. Maybe a couple of things that Advil would take away, but no. You've been a loving, a supportive, 
and caring congregation. So what I share this morning and talk about is, though it will include my life, it is not just merely my life, it is our life. It is not merely my journey, it is our journey. And within that, God has allowed and made available to me those individuals who have he has placed to stand by our side in leadership. So thank you to all the leaders both those that are the leaders of yesterday and also those that will be leaders of tomorrow. There is an extreme inadequacy to just simply the words of acknowledgement, thank you, Yet I share them in, from a heart. While all of my family is not here, I do need to thank my family. Again, the inadequacy of words. And then the First Lady, my wife, Jan. Mm. So we could be here a long time if I were to go ahead and speak of every individual of every experience that could stand out. But thank you for the honor and the privilege. There was much in my mind and heart and, and that I wish to convey today uh, I should say highlight. Highlight. So to start with, <clears throat> I will take my cue from the life of those that have done just this, been through transition. From those in the Bible, that have previously set the stage 
of transition. There are many examples of it. But I want to start with the great leader Moses. His last message. His very last message. As he stood on the, the end of his assignment in the beginning of Joshua's. And he begins by giving them a history lesson. And the Lord spoke, or Moses spoke to the children of Israel. And he starts at the beginning when it all began. And he highlights both the the good and the bad, the instructions. What does it take to go forward? Now, mind you that his audience, save for two of them, was 60 years and younger. 60 years and younger. His audience that he is speaking to about the history were to those that had some experience in the journey, but yet not would have, he would not have had all of the details of the particulars that Moses felt was very important. To the following generations. You understand what I'm saying? Now, a lot of you have been with me for a long time, but not quite as long as the journey. The journey in relationship to this house started in the year 1968. In 1968, I was working in the cities, attending the church in the cities. And I was asked to, be, to come and help this house. I may know that means I was just a kid. And so I began traveling to what was then Rush River Apostolic Gospel to help with the worship. I did some preaching. At that time, we had three services a week, 
Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night. And then whenever there were special speakers or special events. And I would travel here to, to help, and I served under my father. In 1978, I became senior pastor. I got married in 99. The first 12 years of our ministry was in the educational building. We held our first service of Scott, is my memory bank for me, somewhere around 1990 in this building. Not quite like you see it today, but uh, it was here. On Easter, I believe you said. There were many hands and many helpers that help us, you know, prepare this, which was just a stick building at the time. It was designed just simply for camp meetings, which had previously been open air. Shortly after that, we moved into this building. We put the addition on, the foyer. What is wonderful and what is amazing that and many of you have been part of the events that took place and happened here. Most recently, of course, you know, the flood. Preceding that, COVID. But we did it all without debt. I'm not a debt kind of guy. One of the reasons that I was not a debt kind of guy, not because I didn't think you had money, But as a shepherd and a pastor, I didn't want the church burdened with having to make installment payments. Because I know how life goes. So to that, we give God the glory. Now, please understand, if someone else has debt, that's, you know what I mean? That's their load to carry. That's their road to, to walk. I have nothing against that in terms of as you advance the kingdom, all right? But for me and for us, it just was not, uh, well, we probably could have done a whole lot more. I could have had a new facility. 
if I'd been willing to go ahead and borrow the money. Here we are. Quite nice, I think. For a tabernacle in the wilderness. There are story after story that we can relate regarding the journey. During that time, we've done many of your marriages, your dedications, not your funerals. <laughs> We walk through valleys, have enjoyed various mountaintops together. God has been faithful, and you have been faithful. So we're looking at 54 years. But there's a fresh leg of the journey that is now at our doorsteps. The same God that was faithful yesterday, as we sang, is the same one that's going to be faithful with what's ahead. Same, many of the same people will be part of that, the years. So I think all in all that there's a good foundation. Not only in facility, but in with people. And so when Moses began to talk to the people, he said, I, I want you to remember what we did this morning in communion is about remembering. Not only about remembering, but it's also about pointing forward. He said, I will not eat of this until I eat it new with you in the kingdom. But it points to us to, to, to remember. To remember the past. I do know that we hear a lot of preaching, forget the past and press forward. And I say, Amen. But there are times that you need to remember the past. Because it will sustain and give you food for the present and the future. Recount 
those experiences of past generations. And so Moses' audience is such as they have not, and that part has not really hit home, those experiences, and so he brings it to them. And the picture is not just simply about a history of something. It's to bring them clarity regarding God and people. Because people have a lot to do when it comes to the purposes of God. Amen? It's how God builds confidence toward Christ into leadership in congregations. It can empower us about the future. The book of Hebrews chapter 12 says this, Wherefore, seeing we also are surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses, we need, you need witnesses surrounding you of yesterday. Cancel culture is not a good idea. No. How many wish you knew back then what you know today? Yeah. Wonderful experience. And so that's what he is trying to help them, you know what I mean, escape the mistakes. Remember a Canish Barnhill. And he begins to depict events where they could have made better choices. Yeah. Wherefore, sin we're also surrounded. I hope this comes across right. There's nothing wrong with gray heads.
there's also a lot that's right with the non-gray heads. It was the epistle that John says he has called you fathers because you've known me from the beginning. I have called you young men because you are strong. And then he also brings in the children. But I think that that fathers and young men is one of the strongest chords when bound together right. It's virtually impossible to unravel. The and when you take a rope, it's made up of many twines, they don't just break. They unravel, and then they break. So... Whether you were here in 68 or you came later, you are not just simply part of the history, you are part of the future. And that, I believe, is what Paul is saying, and he said, forget those things that are behind. He's saying, I want you to be more concentrated about the future. I want you to believe in the future. Yes, there's always nostalgia from yesterday. But at the same time, there is, you know, an excitement about the future. Leadership is temporary. It's a temporary assignment. Transition is more than an event. It is a season. And as leaders, we must steward the transition. Embrace 
but also understand. I almost became a permanent fixture. Right? Moses almost became a permanent fixture. And God gave them a period of time. by which they were able to go ahead and, you know, feel the loss. But at some point, he wanted them to grasp the gain. He said, you know what, guys? It's... You're staying here too long. Now, we haven't been there yet, but this is talking to your future. He said, Moses is dead. Well, I'm not dead. Thank God I don't. But he's just trying to get him to you know what I mean? Guys, grasp the future. Cherish your past. Jesus gave his disciples 40 days to get used to his leaving. He said, I'm leaving. They didn't handle it so well, right? So he went ahead and he gave him 40 days that he kept appearing to him, encouraging him, you know, help him to see. Guys, it's okay, you know what I mean? It's better for you. Think about it. <laughs> yeah, Lord, sure. It's better for you. I don't want to elaborate on those on those particular things too 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 much, but can I tell you it's better for you? It's so important that any leader appoints a successor. See, it was Moses who said to God, we need somebody after me here. 
Moses helped Joshua generations to be successful because he appointed a successor. Did you know that Joshua, as great a leader as he was, in all the territory that, that he helped Israel possess and all the promises, he failed in the fact that he never appointed a successor. It says, and when all of the elders died, Israel went astray. That's why this church you need a leader, a set man. And then the Lord said to me, he said, you know, because we wonder how God makes his choices and, and they're just, just oodles of, you know, reference points of we could use this, we could use this. But here's what he said, the one thing. And that is, that we have a hearing heart. God wants us to have, particularly his leaders, to have a hearing heart. To be able to hear the voice of the chief shepherd. When I pray, when I serve, I, I, I talk to God as my father. But as a shepherd, I talk to Jesus as the chief shepherd. Who's in charge of the shepherds? And let me say that I believe that we have found that man. Not the only man, but we have found the one who has a hearing heart. Inexperienced and young. You say, oh, pastor, why would you say that? Because... David said that about Solomon, who was super wise. But he said, you're inexperienced. And you're young. And so he told the congregation, <clears throat> he said, I want you to understand that. I want you to give room for it. Make room for it. Amen? The 
the transition. Next week is, is the full installation. We have been in biblical transition. The Lord told them to, to, to set a man over the congregation that they may go, he may go out before them, go in before them, lead them out, bring them in, that they may be like sheep which have no, not be like sheep which have no shepherd. Every pastor that I know that I have relationship with recognizes that they to themselves need a shepherd. Oftentimes they're peers, but they still need a, a shepherd. We are never so spiritual that we don't need a shepherd. And he says, he says, I want you to, to go ahead and give him some of your authority. And that's what we've been doing. Beginning of the year, there's been a certain amount of transition. In July, been giving him authority. Not trying to interfere. so that all the congregation could see. In other words, that all the congregation could come on board. And so Moses did that. But there came a time when it was not just partial authority. Total authority. Next week, we will transfer. And he will be, they will be in charge. In transition, there is something to leave and there's something to look forward to. Now, I'd like to see you at my retirement party.
I'll ask my physicians to come this morning. There are two people in Scripture that spoke this phrase. Directly. And that was Jesus and the Apostle Paul. And they both said, It's finished. It's finished. It's completed. They were not finished. Just the task that the Father gave them to do was finished. It's been accomplished. Statement of victory. A task that's finished that will greatly affect the future. It's not merely the end of something, it's the beginning. We have peace. I still have a lot of preach left in me. But this particular assignment, Jen and I, we finished it. Everybody must finish you must finish the race sometimes it's favorable sometimes it's not favorable you gotta keep running The word clearly tells us that in the, in the end time, it's going to take a lot of endurance. It'll take a lot of endurance. So we work on our endurance. Amen? Hallelujah. And I would join with the great Apostle John in saying this. Do not love the world, nor the things of the world. 
For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Pure religion undefiled is to visit the father, fatherless and the widow and to keep yourself unspotted from the world. So one last thought concerning the layout of the messages that I've been giving to you. They're almost like the last will and testament that's supposed to come from me. Now I'm going to be here. Okay. I will have a sabbatical. This will eventually become my home church as long as they don't vote me out, not to be my home church. So there will be a short period of time so everybody can get acclimated. So my last word. to add to the words that I've already told is said, if you would give those verses to me. I know it's taking a little bit longer this morning, but blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Who sees God? The pure. David said, created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. David wanted a pure heart. They tell us that this passage of Scripture was written after David had Uzziah killed. Who may ascend in the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy presence? He who has clean hands and a pure heart and who has not lifted up your soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully. As you have served me, this church, together with such pureness of heart, I encourage you to do the same. The days that are ahead. He says, have pure heart. Don't let there be hypocrisy in them. No deceit and no hidden motives. And
fearless of heart. And last but not least, he said that you have clean hands. Proverbs 6 and 17 says, There are six things the Lord hates, even seven. A proud look. That's a look that thinks you're better than somebody else. A lion tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that are swift and run into the evil. A false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord. We've been pure. Stay pure. Sins of the heart. wasn't just the murder. It was the heart that murdered. Here's what he said. To every follow-up leader, He says, as I have been. With the leaders of yesterday, I will be with the future leaders of tomorrow. Hallelujah. As I have been, I will be. As he has been, he will be. Hallelujah, stand with me. Thank you, Jesus. David prayed and said, Lord, created me a clean heart. I think that's a good prayer. I really think it's a good prayer. As this thing is wrapped down for me, wrapping down for me, I... I've been taking a second take, second look. Go ahead, C.W. Just want to take a minute before the final prayer and just want to add to what pastor's already said. That I've not been with pastor for the whole journey, but I've been with him for a long part of that journey. And I just want to borrow from a parable that Jesus said while he was here, the parable of the servants. And he said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thank you, Jesus. And that's 
for Pastor Jim. Amen. Thank you. There has been dreams in my heart. that I never got to fulfill. But just as Joshua became the man to fulfill those dreams, There's a slight correlation, not an exact correlation, but he says, you know, Moses says, you can't go in. You're not going to lay them into those promises. Joshua's going to do it. Get a picture of a church. You're not going to go in. You're not going to lay them in. Somebody else. And so when we have that phrase, the best is yet to come. We can leave it as just a phrase, or we can engage it and Can I say, let's make it happen? Let's make it happen. Amen. For as I have been, so I will be. God wants you to know that this morning. Lord Jesus, we are truly grateful for your faithfulness through the years, Lord. We're just thankful for the wonderful people of Bible Center Church, past, present, and all that you have for us in the future. Thank you for making us a multi-generational church where the children get to be by the parents, get, be, get to be by the grandparents, each one encouraging and strengthening one another to go forward and be fruitful for you, Lord, for your kingdom. You are so big and so mighty and so vast. <laughs> you just watch over everything. And it's truly been a privilege and an honor to serve together, Lord. I just have a special prayer in my heart, Lord, that you would strengthen the leadership of this church. All those whose hands have been busy for a very long time, oh God, that you would just fortify them, give them fresh vision. 
Lord, that we'll just have hands grasped together in strength to hold up and push forward and move forward into all you have for Bible Center Church and this community moving forward, Lord. And I thank you for the young people that are coming behind that will stand and be leaders in this house. That it will continue to be a place of mercy and grace and hope to those that come in the doors, Lord. That it will continue to be a place of joy and celebration and music and worship. And the word would be strong and mighty. And families would go forth to missions and serving in the schools and the governments in our country, in our communities. Oh God, we do believe that the best is yet to come because we have seen it for generations. And we believe that the best is yet to come and it is the greatest hour of you raising up strong and mighty young people to go forward in boldness in the day that we live in because it's going to take that to stand in this day. It's not going to be the same as far as how it's presented, but it's going to be the same as it and mightier as it goes forth by your spirit. Oh God, I just pray for Pastor Doug and Tanya and their precious little family, Lord, who've worked so hard and stood and, and served anywhere their hand could find. They were working and serving for you, oh God. And now we just lift them up before you, Lord. Oh God, we thank you for the word that's strong in their hearts and for their humility before you, Lord. Oh God, they're the perfect people. Thank you for giving us the best. Thank you for giving us the best, this beautiful church, God. And we will stand and support them, Lord. And we ask, we ask you, Lord, for the people you have for them, in addition to us, the sheep and the lambs that you want to bring to this house. Oh, God, as we've prayed so many times, I pray it again, and I say, Lord, bring the sheep and the lambs to this house. We will love them, and we will encourage them, and we will mentor them, no matter where they've been. Oh, God, we will love them in this house. You can bring them to us. You can trust us. We'll take care of them, Lord. We just give you all the glory and the honor and praise for your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. David's brothers kind of sat on the sideline. I want to see what this guy's going to do. 
before they got involved. I don't encourage you to do that. Don't do that. Step right up. Step right up. Hallelujah. Don't let him face Goliath by himself. Face it together. Amen. And reap together.